good to you. Amen. I'm so glad. There's something about that name. Something about the name of Jesus. It just seems to make all the cares that we face in this world just disappear. Just at the mention of his name. And he's such a good God. He's been so good to me. Amen. I'm, I, I just want to take just a minute. Uh, if I want to pray for a situation uh, that the church has been dealing with. Um, we don't need to know what it is. God knows what it is. Amen. And uh, I just want to lift this family up in prayer. That's all I want to do. So if you could just join with me this morning and just ask God to, have his way in this situation. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord. God, you know all things, God. And you know the reason why we go through all things. In fact, you allow things to happen in our lives, God, to strengthen us. And God, we ask you, God, to empower us, God, to help us persevere through every difficulty in life. And I especially pray for this precious family, God. God, that you would help them, God, that you would unify them, empower them, give them the wisdom, God, as they face these challenges in life. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I would also ask you to please pray for my, my mouth. <laughs> I got attacked by a dentist the other day, so he did a number on me, amen. And uh, I know it's going to take some time, so if I slur a little bit, well, I probably slur a lot, amen. So I'll probably be, be in the norm, amen. Don't forget discipleship class after service. Uh, I will not keep you for an hour, amen. I will condense it way down. But uh, we're going to continue in that class this morning downstairs. If you have half hour, 45 minutes, uh, that would be wonderful, amen. We had a great time last week. And I encourage everybody, if you can, Please involve yourself in allowing God to disciple you, allowing God to teach you. We all need more word. I need more word. And the older I get, the more I'm coming to an understanding that I need God more than ever. Praise God. I can never get to the place where I can outgrow God. I've got to have Jesus in my life. Amen. Don't forget our Bible studies. Um, we do have multiple Bible studies. Uh, Brother Brad on Thursdays, obviously, Thanksgiving. Uh, 
there probably won't be one this Thursday. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving already. And Christmas is around the corner. And uh, Saturday morning, Brother Frank. And if you have time, just, just go to each of these Bible studies. It encourages everybody else. You don't have to just stick to one Bible study. And I'm glad you're going to one Bible study, don't get me wrong. But involve yourself in other aspects of what somebody else is trying to do. Because God's Word, even though it might be the same lesson, and it's not, but even if it was the same lesson, you could still get something from God. I've always told myself, living for God, I never have a favorite preacher. And I don't. I don't ever want to limit God. I don't ever want to think that this is my favorite preacher. I like the way he preaches, and I'm just going to get so much out of this. And, and, and that's true. I will get a lot out of it, but he is not my favorite preacher. I want to hear from God, from whoever. It could be a five-year-old kid that speaks a word into my life just as simple as, hey, Jesus loves you. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you have the opportunity, again, uh, our homeless outreach today, that would be awesome. Um, if you can make it, amen. If you can't, I understand. But it's something that we all need to involve ourselves in. In the giving of the church. There's people out there that need, that need clothing, they need food, they need help. And I'm glad I belong to a body of believers that are willing to sacrifice their time and their finances to help others. And if you don't know why that's important, it's because somewhere back in the past, someone took the time to help you. They spent money and they, they spent their time helping you. And so I don't think it's too much to ask for us to sacrifice a little bit of time to help somebody else. That's how God's kingdom grows. And that's how you will grow also. That's why Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. Because there's a greater blessing in giving to somebody else. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5, verses 4, 5, and 6. I want to speak on this subject, launch out launch out. Amen. It's good to have my precious, wonderful sister back on the keyboards this morning. Amen. 
Praise God. And again, it's good to have Carol in service with us today. We're so, so very glad you took the time to be with us. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verses 4, 5, and 6. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down the nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your precious word, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to be here once again, to be in your presence. I thank the wonderful peace of people of God, Lord, and the peace of God. Help us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Life. Life always seems to feel a little off when we don't understand, we don't really understand why we go through certain things. The frustration, the pain, the sorrow that we experience, and not really knowing what's coming around the next corner. Have you ever felt like you've toiled and toiled and toiled all night long? And it just feels like you're fighting against the current. It feels like you're, you're not getting anywhere. This is what we see in this picture of the disciples. They're toiling and they're they're fighting against the current and they're, 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 they're fishing all night long and they just can't seem to catch anything. There's nothing that's happening until they met the master. We see in our story this morning that these disciples were fishing and they came to a point in their life where they just did not want to extend themselves any further. They simply gave up. They were coming back to land and they hadn't caught anything all night. Now, if you're anyone like me, amen, usually when I'm struggling, it's usually at night, it's usually in a dark time in my life. A dark time. And so it was with 
Peter and the disciples, they were toiling and it was a dark time in their life. And here's Jesus on the shore, amen. And Jesus knew their frustrations. He was God manifest in the flesh. He knew their sorrows. He knew what they were experiencing. Don't think for a moment that God does not know what you're feeling. He knows your experiences. He knows what you're going through. He knows how many nights you've laid in your bed. Amen. Going through the sorrow and going through the pain of thinking to yourself that life will always be what life is. But that isn't the way it is, things are not always the way that they appear to be. You see, Jesus told Peter, if you want, if you want to have different results, Peter, if you want to make a difference, then you're going to have to go a little bit deeper. When Jesus compelled Peter to go a little bit deeper, Peter became frustrated because, number one, he was a fisherman. He had fished these waters for years and probably a lifetime. He became frustrated because he had been toiling all night long and he didn't catch anything and it's easy to understand peter's frustration because when we toil or we we struggle praise god in the dark times of our lives there's a time in our life there's a time in each situation where we are struggling when it feels like things are not going to change where we make a decision that we just don't want to push anymore. Sometimes it seems like life is always going to be the way life is. And sometimes when we resist the voice of Jesus, we can lose out on the many blessings that Jesus has for us in the deep. If we never extend ourselves, if we never allow ourselves to be pushed beyond our own circumstances, we can never experience what God has for us. Is it possible? It's, it's just a question. Is it possible? When we do find ourselves frustrated with God's ways, we are looking at things from a carnal perspective, a physical perspective, a human reason. We, we find ourselves in human reasoning. We try to reason things out with our carnal mind, our natural mind, our natural process of thinking. If the answer is yes, then it is also possible that we can miss out 
on the things that Jesus wants to do spiritually. For so focused on the natural things in this world, it's hard for God to help us understand spiritual concepts that will alter the way we think and miss out on what God has to offer us and actually allows us to have. The only way to receive a blessing really is to experience the draught. The Bible says, now when Jesus had left speaking, the expectation for his disciples to do more than just hear the word of God faltered somewhere. Jesus was only trying to encourage his followers to put his words into action. Jesus told his disciples, let down your nets for the draught. I had to look at this word draught. I had to get an understanding what, what he was saying. And draught is, is the act of pulling a heavy load. You see, in order for the blessings to flow, we must be willing to launch out and pull some extra weight. We can't stop because the load is a little bit too heavy. We have to dig down a little bit deeper within ourselves, amen. If you want to be blessed by God, then you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to believe God for the empowerment that you are looking for. The act of pulling a heavy load. You see, in order for the blessings to flow, we must be willing to launch out. We must be willing to act according to thus saith the word of God. And so I ask you this morning, why are so many people afraid, afraid of launching out, afraid of pushing out into the deep. Number one, it could be because of fear. Because of the unknown. Because they believe, amen, if they launch out a little bit further, they're going to be in over their head. They're going to be in a place where they can't breathe where they feel suffocated because they can't take that next breath. Maybe it's because they are unable to touch the bottom. They don't always feel like they have this, this, this foundation, this, 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 this stableness. Trust me, when you're living for God and God asks you to do something, there's a time in your life and there's a time in my life where your faith has to be kicked into action. You can't always think from the natural perspective of life. You will be cheated out of the blessings that God has for you. 
Every one of these scenarios tells me that they were controlled, hear me now, they were controlled by unbelief. They had toiled all night long. They just come out of a place of darkness, praise God. Nothing was changing. Nothing was altered. And there they were in the ship, empty. You know, I look at this story and I, I'm, I'm really quite amazed. I look at my own life sometimes and and I've come to understand that some people believe that unbelief is just a matter of opinion. Just a matter of opinion. Opinion is a view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. Unbelief is not a matter of opinion. Unbelief is not a matter of intellect. Unbelief is not a matter of thinking. No, my friend, unbelief is much, much deeper than someone's opinion, someone's intellect, someone's reasoning, someone's thinking. In fact, the one and only reason why someone falls into this error of unbelief is rooted in the very foundation of sin. It's rooted in the very foundation of sin. You see, unbelief can only birth one thing, and that is man's separation from God. If you don't believe God, you can't partake in the things of God. You have to believe that God can do it. You have to come to an understanding that God's word is real. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, And when the woman saw, when she saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and she ate, and gave also to her husband, and he did eat. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. Sometimes, and I, I could say I'm guilty of this. Sometimes we can fall prey into believing that we can get more. We can get more out of life than what God has to offer. It's a dangerous place to be in if we believe other voices, other people other thoughts, other imaginations that tell you, that speak into your life, that says that God is holding back blessings from you, that God does not want to bless you, praise God. 
that God is mad at you for some reason, praise God. Those voices are voices of deception, praise God. Those are lying voices, amen. God loves you, and God wants to bless you. You see, Eve tried to satisfy herself with temporary pleasures. Oh, life's going so good. I'm in the garden. I got all these fruit, everything I need, amen. What's the big deal if I go ahead and partake of this little fruit over here? Well, the problem is God said no. And if God said no, God means no, praise God. When God speaks, amen, he means business. He does not, God's word does not deviate, praise God, just to satisfy our temporary satisfaction, our temporary pleasures, praise God. God says no in situations because he is trying to keep you from a life of deception. Doesn't want you to be hurt. And even though it looks good, even though it feels good, praise God, if you continue in that way. And so we found out that Eve, as she tried to satisfy herself with temporary pleasures, the result is a world that we're living in today that is full of deception and corruption and so on and so on. I thank God I'm part of the church. I thank God that he came 2,000 years ago, amen, and laid down that body that he lived in, amen, to shed that precious blood for me, amen. You see, we have to come to an understanding, my friend, instead of being controlled by unbelief, we need to be controlled by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, Now faith, everyone say faith. Faith Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, controlled faith is restrained faith, meaning we don't get discouraged about things that are not happening when we want them to happen. Meaning that when things don't happen as fast as we want them to happen, we wait on God, amen. We don't force the issue, praise God. We give God a little bit of time, amen. In fact, God, you take all the time you need, praise God. And when you see fit, Lord, to bless your people, amen, then we step into it. Not before, praise God. We have to trust in the almighty hand of God. In other words, our faith is a faith, amen, that is tested. Our faith is a faith that must be verified, amen. How is it verified, praise God, when things happen in your life, amen, and you become totally reliant on God, amen, when you don't get too excited when things happen in your life, when you come to the realization that, God, you have all these things under control. 
and I'm just going to trust. You see, when we do that, we understand that faith needs to be exercised. Amen. Faith needs to exercise as we continue in the direction for the purpose of dominating every situation. Dominating. Not reacting. Understanding. Praise God. Knowing that God has everything under control, praise God. Our faith, praise God, in this situation says we will not be overcome by problems. That's a faith, amen, that I, amen, must tap into. The church must be willing to launch out into the deeper things of God because this is where God's greater blessings are harvested, praise God. God's blessings are not found in the shallow areas. You have to press through. You have to go a little deeper, amen. You have to push out from the shore, my friends. You have to get in over your head sometimes so, so your faith can be tested, so your faith can be verified. How would you ever know if your faith isn't challenged? God must challenge you. You must allow God to put you in a position. Don't cry about where you are. But rejoice, amen, and understand that God is not a shallow God. He's trying to bless you in the deep. He's trying to bless you in the deep. You see, even though we understand or we have somewhat of an understanding, amen, and I am no way saying that I understand everything, I really don't understand a lot of what God's doing. Once I think I got him figured out, he changes on me. That's the way, that's how God works, amen. And I don't like to toil with no results. I like to see results, amen. When I first started this church, when God helped us start this church, amen, there wasn't, a, it, was, it was a lot of work. And we toiled and we toiled and we toiled and we toiled and there was hardly any results that I could see. And I had to tell myself, amen, I've got to get out of this stinking thinking. I've got to get out of my, my natural perspective, amen. And I've got to step into this spiritual perspective, amen. God, I don't know what you're doing, Lord, but I'm going to trust you. Because that's all I have. That's all I have. There were many times where I sat pacing his floors, just praying, God, just give me one person. And as I toiled, and as the church began to toil, and as we began to be unified, and more people came in, and more people came in. God was testing our faith. And God was verifying our faith by increasing, amen, the church of the living God. 
But I didn't like the process of toiling with no results. I had to get to the place in my spiritual life where God, amen, was my and is my full investment. I can't serve God just in the church. Just in the building, I can't just serve God in these four walls. No, my friend, God and the investment that you make into the kingdom of God must stretch beyond the four walls. It has to reach the homeless. It has to do the toy drives. It has to teach Bible studies. That's where your investment truly produces results. It cannot be a shallow lifestyle. You've got to allow yourself to be rooted into the kingdom of God. If your roots are not planted, your tree is not planted, and your roots are not, uh, if they don't go down into the ground very deep, any voice that comes along, any situation that comes along, you're going to be uprooted. Jewish theologians say it took nine hours, nine hours for Adam and Eve to be uprooted in the very place called paradise that God had created for them. Nine hours. Why? Because they did not value the word of God. When God speaks into our life, amen. We need to embrace that word. We need to allow that seed, amen, to go deep inside of us. There has to be roots, amen, that are not shallow roots. It has to be something deep and profound. Because when that happens, fruit begins to be produced. And your character begins to change. And your lifestyle begins to change. And when things start happening at the church, you're the first one in line. Because you understand that living for God is not based on a natural perspective. A carnal perspective. A fleshly perspective. Where you come to the house of God and you just receive whatever you want without giving of anything. There's an application of your faith. I'll go. I'll do it. Let me add it, Jesus. I'll teach a Bible study at my house. God bless, Brother Frank. I think that was awesome, Pastor. I just, I just feel like I need to teach a Bible study. That's a heavenly perspective. That's a spiritual perspective. That's a supernatural perspective. Quit walking in the natural. Launch out. In closing, Jesus said, in John chapter 9 and verse 4, I must work the works of him 
that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. We must allow our faith, my faith, your faith, to be exercised for the purpose of strengthening and fulfilling God's will. When we feel we cannot carry the weight, our faith must kick in and help us go persevere a little deeper, a little further. Come on, take another step. Don't be afraid because you're going to find yourself in a place where you're just over your head a little bit. That's how you grow. That's how your faith is tested. That's how your faith is verified. Praise God. This church would never be here if my, me and my wife came here and there was nobody here. And it was like that for a long time. But when you have a spiritual perspective, and you say, no matter what, God, I know I heard your voice, and I know there's going to be a church here, praise God, that propelled us, that, that, that allowed us to see from God's eyes. We could have gave up and said, we're not going to launch out. But if you say you're called of God, if you say that you're called of God, is the lack of people, does the lack of people diminish what God has spoken into your life? Is your call of God, is your, is your thought or is your, is, your, is your vision, I'm going to have 200 people, is that your perspective? That's not always reality. Sometimes your call of God is two people. You're teaching Bible studies for four or five years. Nobody's coming. Doesn't matter. When they do come, are they going to find somebody teaching a Bible study? It's a hard lesson, I know. It's a hard lesson, I've done it. Doesn't feel good, but you have to toil and you have to toil and you have to toil, praise God. And in those dark times where you're toiling, you don't give up. You keep pursuing the things of God and eventually when God, amen, sees your faithfulness, amen, he says, okay, I can trust you in the little things. Now I can give you the increase of what I really have for you. Now I can bless you. Because that's what he wants. Why would he give us something that we're going to falter? Why would he do that? He's not going to do that. 
He, he wants to bless you so you can bless others. That's never going to happen if we don't launch out. If you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable, it's never going to happen. You're never going to grow. You're always going to be in the place that you always are. But that isn't what God wants for you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be a, a, someone to win souls to God. That's what he wants. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me. We have to push away. Push away. Push away from your carnal perspective. Launch out. Don't be shallow. Don't be shallow. Let's stand.